Hello, hello, welcome to, of course, Griff Talks Football. Um, if, if anyone had listened to the previous episode about my uh, one take on the current playoff picture, which, of course, happened before this past weekend's games, that included the 49ers versus Saints, which some are arguing that's like the game of the year, but I feel like that's always a trend where if it's like a game that has combined the most points, people are always going to say that's the game of the year just because it tends to be like if, if it's a game that has combined the most points, those tend to be like a shootout, which I don't always view shootout as being the game of the year because sometimes there's no defensive plays. There's hardly any turnovers. Obviously, there was turnovers in this game. There wasn't a defensive touchdown, I don't think. Um but I don't know. There's still three games left. Let's just finish up the season first and then determine regular season-wise you know, what was the, the game of the, of the year. Um, I think, uh, gosh, there's a game that I really liked. Vikings versus Cowboys, I think, has been one of my favorites thus far. But nevertheless, let the, fin- let the season finish out. But I was getting back to my, you know, playoff predictions, and it utterly just flew out the window. You know, I thought the Raiders were were going to win against the Titans, and uh, evidently they got their ass beat in the second half. So uh, obviously, what I predicted, what may happen, uh, just th- flew out the window there. I also thought the Steelers were going to lose this past weekend, but evidently they beat the Cardinals. Um, so I hate, this is why I hate predictions. Cause sometimes when you do predictions, it just punches you right in the face when you don't get it right. But let's kick this off with reviewing week 14, starting with Thursday night's game of the Cowboys versus bears, Mitchell Trubisky's performance gives bears a chance for playoffs. Now, again, it's much I would argue it's much more easier to predict which team is going to make the playoffs in the AFC conference. In the NFC, very difficult to predict. You're going to have the rest of the teams lose, and if one team makes it in somehow, that could be the Bears. However, they still have a long way to go. You know, they play the, the Chiefs coming up. They also play the Packers, and then they play the Vikings. Uh, to to end their season, and they're seven and six right now, but they they need to beat the Packers first because if they lose any game, especially you know Packers coming up, their playoff ch- chances are gone. Because you got the Rams who just beat the Seahawks from Sunday Night Football eight and five right now, and they're rolling. Their offense has somewhat started to click in the right time, if you will. Or at least if it, if there's any if there's any time you want your offense or defense or just your team to click and get W's, it's definitely in late November and then December football. But then again, any quarterback can do well against the Cowboys defense. They're utterly bad against the pass. Uh, but part of the key in that game with Mr. Trubisky was him running. They did some read options there. It wasn't necessarily had success on the ground. I think Trubisky was the one that ended up finishing the game with the most rushing yards with 64. 
He had also a rushing touchdown with nine carries. Um, but he also had success in the pass, and part of that was establishing the run and then having play action, and also him moving around the pocket and throwing on the run. So for whatever reason, the Cowboys struggled on the read option, and they certainly did not defend the pass well. And then evidently it somewhat turned into a game at, you know, at the end, but of course that's garbage time. I think the game ended up being 31-17, but that Cowboys offense looked great in the first drive of the game and looked utterly trash throughout the game until late in the fourth quarter when the Bears were up like 31-10. So it was not a good game for the Cowboys. I would argue it was a much win for the Cowboys. But now they got to beat uh, a team coming up that they desperately need to beat, and it's the Rams. Because they don't beat the Rams, and the Eagles beat the Redskins, then, and then in the following week, if the Eagles do beat the Cowboys, the Cowboys season is over. So it's a, it's a must-win situation for Cowboys, as it's been the past couple of games, but... You have an opportunity to beat the Bears, and you couldn't because your defense couldn't do anything, and your offense did not click again until the fourth quarter. Ravens versus Bills. Comeback fell short for the Bills. Great game. Really, the Ravens dominated. They were up 24-9, to and then the Bills were coming back. And evidently, they, the Bills' defense held their own against the Ravens' offense. I think teams are starting to figure out ways to stop the Ravens' ground game. And it's really, I guess, easy, but very difficult to do is, is sticking to your gaps and playing very sound and technical up front. If you stick to your gaps or you do techniques in a way that doesn't enable an offensive lineman to move up in the second level, then it makes it much easier to defend Lamar Jackson or force the Ravens to just hand it off to running backs and keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. He got sacked several times on third and long situations. So if defenses can find a way to stick to their gaps and force passing situations and then be able to get sacks, I think that's been the weakness of the Ravens is having to just pass in third and long distances. But if the Ravens adjust to what the defense is doing, then they can just pound the ball with no problem. But the Bills end up holding their own, force a couple turnovers. Bills offense somewhat clicked in the final quarter because they were able to ground and pound the ball. They would keep chipping away at the defense. They found some su- success on play action. But evidently, the Bills' offense has been getting – they've had this in times where they get in third and long and they can't complete pass because of a sack, where their pass protection was bad whether Josh Allen was holding the ball too long or whether no one was open. So that's still something the Bills are trying to work on is the third and long situations where you got to pass 
where you can't just rely on the ground game and then set up a play action. Sometimes if that's your identity, it's not working or it's slowly, surely about working, but you need to do something else to be able to open or to be able to give your identity a chance to succeed. You got to work in those third and long situations, but nevertheless, a great game. Dolphins versus Jets, you know, despite loss, which the Dolphins lost, Brian Flores is by far the better coach. I mean, the game, the Jets won 22-21 based off, you know, field goal kicking. But the Jets had more talent or have more talent currently than the Dolphins. So you have Le'Veon Bell. You have Sam Darnold, who's athletic, who can move around the pocket. You have weapons on the outside. But coaching is important. And I do believe that in the long haul, if the Dolphins have the right picks or pick the right players for their organization and sign key free agents and continue to do what they do, not taking or anything, but have a game plan when you have the best available players with you for the following season, I do believe that makes Brian Flores the better coach for a long haul. I do think even though Adam Gase will be there next season, I'm not sure he'll be there for the following 2021 season. Because you got Sean McDermott there, and then you have Brian Flores who can potentially be second or even third place in that division who they potentially take the sixth seed playoffs. If the team becomes more talented the following year, which I imagine they will, but that's if they again bring in the players that they're looking for that are actually going to excel in the positions that they're in with the coaching staff that they have. So I do think Brian Flores is the better coach. Lions versus the Vikings. You know, I never understood why this wasn't a blowout. I mean, Vikings won 20 to 7. But that Lions defense is trash. You have better weapons. You had Adam Thielen return, I believe. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think he returned. I don't think he played much, though. I think he was on his snap count. But you have weapons. Kyle Rudolph has been on fire as late. You have a fantastic, even phenomenal rushing attack with Dalvin Cook and then Mattinson, the backup running back. And yet, you couldn't score a bunch of points on them. Like, their defense is absolutely horrible. There's no one. There's not a pass rush. There's not, you know, a, a great run defense or even our average run defense. It's all terrible. We only managed to score 20 points. So I'm not sure if it was based on predictability. I'm not sure if it was based on poor offensive execution, which it might have been, but that's not what I expected, which makes me worried for the Vikings for the next three games. Because they got some key opponents coming up, especially the Packers and the Bears. So again, it makes me worry the Vikings are actually going to make the playoffs because they need they need to win the rest of their games. They don't want to be in a situation where, oh hey, they're ten and six, but based on strength of schedule or based on strength of victory, another team that's ten and six is going to make the six seeded playoff positioning because they lost two opponents that are now going to be key factors in playoff situations. If it happens to be that way. 
Panthers versus Falcons. Uh, Panthers officially eliminated from postseason. I mean, we know the Falcons were already eliminated by like week nine, but um, the Panthers five and seven at this point who fired Ron Rivera uh, this two weeks ago, um, or at least they fired him in a week prior to, or at least starting the following week when preparing for the Falcons. But yeah, they're done. They're going to be looking for a new coach, probably an offensive-minded head coach. Who knows? Um, that team is way too talented to be 5-8. and eight. But then again, I think there's some coaching staff that should – or at least some coaches on there that should have been fired or should have been changed prior to the season. Um, it's just unfortunate. I do think Ron Rivera will find another job pretty soon. 49ers versus Saints. Uh, 49ers win that shootout. 49ers end up winning 48-46. to 46. You know what sucks, though, out of this game is that Drew Brees played a near-perfect game, and they didn't—they barely threw the ball vertically down the field. You see the 49ers throwing the ball vertically down the field, no problem. Uh, the Saints' pass rush was hardly there. Of course, they were focused on trying to stop the run, which in some cases they were, but then when the 49ers – in that offense, we're able to establish the run because of its zone scheme. There goes the bootlegs. There goes the crossing routes or the flat routes or a comeback route or, heck, even a post corner or a corner post. You know, those kind of routes are they're excellent and are associated with this zone scheme offense. And the Saints struggled on not only defending the zone scheme, but then defending those routes because they're so focused on trying to make sure they're not being beaten, you know, horizontally, because that is an offense that tries to stretch out the defense as much as possible to the outside to either A, cut back in, or B, cut outside and find um holes there in the defense to get rushing yards, to get positive yards. So it was an excellent offensive attack by the 49ers. But then again, you see Drew Brees, who only threw, I think, vertically twice, both to Jared Cook. Both came up for touchdowns, and then Jared Cook got injured on his second receiving touchdown. But Drew Brees threw over 300 yards and barely did it vertically. He threw five touchdowns, and then – did a quarterback sneak for a rushing touchdown. So he played a near-perfect game and ended up losing because the defense, by all means, now had the opportunity to just focus on passing situations because the 49ers had the ball last but couldn't stop George Kittle. Couldn't stop a trick play. Couldn't stop Emmanuel Sanders who had over 100 receiving yards. So did George Kittle because they struggled defending the ground first, which enables what Kyle Shanahan wants to do, which is, again, the play actions, bootlegs, even some trick plays that occurred in that game. Nevertheless, it was fantastic. Props to the Niners. I do think the Saints will ba bounce back um, this upcoming week. Broncos versus Texans. Uh, Texans secondary in that offense is horrible throughout the game. The Broncos' offense has been in low ranks thus far. They don't do anything well, really. 
and yet they were able to attack the team, the Texans vertically. Their secondary was absolute ass. In terms of offense, I guess the timing was off because Watson got sacked and hit several times. This pass protection was not well. Watson did hell the ball a while. There was no quick passing attack in that game. I think O'Brien really wanted to do what he did last game against the Patriots was intermediate to deep routes. But this Broncos secondary is different. And it's I I it's I am not gonna say they're good as a Patriots, but they're excellent. But a key difference between the Patriots and the Broncos in terms of defense is pass rush. The Broncos have a far better or at least far better pass rushers on that team than the Patriots. And pass rush was key in that game, and it got to the Texans' offense and made them stall. And then it just ended up being garbage time the entire game and ended up being 38-24. Now the Texans recovered an onside kick, but it was 25 seconds left in the game. You know, Houston had two timeouts. The first pass play to call ended up being an interception. So it's just a horrendous game by Houston. Um, I guess you can't do you can't always do the same game plan, or you can't always stick to your identity if it's not always going to work against a particular team. Which is why you do things a little different to be able to then give your identity a chance to succeed. And because their identity is based on intermediate deep throws, because that wasn't working, they didn't really do anything else. I mean, of course they ran the ball, but again, that was garbage time. And that's not their bread and butter. And they also did not throw the ball quickly for whatever reason. And as for Denver, though they didn't run the ball successfully, they called play actions, and they really threw the ball deep, and the secondary did not do well. So hopefully Houston bounces back. That's been the theme here this season for Houston is they'll lose one game, win the next two games. Lose another game, win the next two. Lose another game win the next two, lose another game, win the next two. And so that pattern continues. They can go 10-6 and six and win the division. But who knows? We'll see We'll see what happens this upcoming week. Uh, Bengals versus Browns. Uh, it's kind of hard now to envision the Browns making the playoffs due to that performance. I mean, they won 27-19, but that was by far – one of Baker Mayfield's worst career performances in the NFL. They really had to rely on the ground game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to at least score offensively and then force her and, and rely on our defense to force turnovers and stops against the Bengals. That game should have not been competitive based on the talent alone. But here we go. Baker Mayfield has played inconsistent, and Freddie Kitchens is not the best coach. For that organization, so we'll have to see what happens this upcoming week. Colts versus Buccaneers. Buccaneers beat the Colts. Colts have now are in a hole to make the playoffs. Buccaneers are just eliminated from the playoffs despite winning this game. But you know what's also funny is that Jameis Winston could lead the NFL, could lead the NFL not only in touchdown passes, not only in passing yards, but also with interceptions which he has thrown 23 interceptions this year. 23. 
And he's thrown 24 touchdown passes, I believe. And he's thrown for almost 4,000 yards right now. It's hilarious, but it's just terrible at the same time. Had there not been any turnovers, I think the Buccaneers could have had a better record this year. So at this offseason, they really got to decide what they really want to do. I don't think they're going to keep Jameis Winston despite the numbers he's putting up in terms of you know touchdown passes and passing yards because of the amount of turnovers that he has committed this year. Redskins versus Packers. I'm having second thoughts on the Packers winning the division, let alone going 13-3. and They won 20-15, but that game should have never been close. The Packers are still having struggles in terms of defending the run. For whatever reason, they couldn't excel against the Redskins' run defense. You have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, which Aaron Jones had a good game. But I expected him to have a better game just because of the horrendous run defense that the Redskins have. And also, again, you have certain targets or excellent targets that Rodgers can throw to, and yet it was still a close game. Now, granted, they were up, you know, 20 to 9. It was late in the fourth quarter. And the Redskins drove down the field, scored a touchdown. Didn't convert the two-point conversion, nor did they recover the onside kick. But it was just that was way too close of a game. It shouldn't have been that close. Chargers versus Jaguars. Uh, you know, both teams are eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, Chargers won, but both teams are probably going to clean house. I don't think the Chargers are going to fire their head coach, but I do think they're going to get some new players in there by a free agency, maybe fire the defensive coordinator, maybe get a new quarterback. I'm not quite sure. Jaguars are definitely going to clean house there. Steelers versus Cardinals. Uh, Murray's mistakes leads to the Steelers' victory. Now the Steelers won 23-17. to But the Cardinals theoretically should have won. Their defense was making stops. The offense for Steelers were really struggling moving the ball. And the Cardinals had more possessions than the Steelers' offense, but it was the turnovers. Murray was sacked several times. He fumbled. He threw picks. He saw an opportunity to lead the team down the field, but he fumbled twice. He got sacked, I think, both times in that drive and then threw an incompletion and another incompletion which end, or another interception, which end, ended the game. Which, don't get me wrong, Steelers' defense is phenomenal, but I – Again, because of how bad the Steelers' offense is and because of the athleticism of Kyler Murray, you would think that the Cardinals would have won this game, but they didn't. Titans versus Raiders. Complete second-half collapse for Raiders, and because of this, I don't think the Raiders will make the playoffs. You know, it was 21-21. Both teams were on fire offensively, but then what a reason – the Raiders' offense did not make adjustments to what Tennessee Titans' defense were doing. And the Raiders' defense certainly did not make any adjustments to stop the Tennessee's offense. The Titans' offense has been ground-dependent this entire year. Yes, I know Ryan Tannehill has been on fire ever since he started for the Titans. But, man, I just, you would think that 
for the Raiders, you would think, oh, let's just stop the ground. Let's just stop Derrick Henry. We have the defensive players to do it, or at least the defensive line to do it. Let's just stop it. But then again, you also have to consider their secondary is also atrocious. So, but evidently, at this point in the season, you need to make adjustments if you're trying to make the playoffs. And evidently, they did not make the adjustments. And by far, the Tennessee Titans not only had the better players, but also the better adjustments and the better coaches. Chiefs versus Patriots. Chiefs claimed their division. Now that game came down a ref ball, which what, what I mean is, is that there were some bad calls in there that had there not been bad calls, the Pat Patriots would have won that game. The Patriots still had an opportunity to win that game, just couldn't connect on a fourth and goal situation to get the touchdown. And um, the Chiefs only scored three points in the second half. One twenty-three to sixteen, but you would think that with the offensive players that you have, you would score more points. I mean, heck, you're more talented offensively than the Texans are, but you certainly did not score more points than Houston did. And though it's at the Patriots Stadium, you saw what concepts beat New England's man coverage. And you did in the first half. In the second half, you certainly did not make any adjustments. And yes, the Chiefs claim their division. They're in the playoffs now. I just was not impressed by this win. Seahawks versus Rams. Jared Goff balls out, as well as Robert Woods. These past couple games, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the Rams offense has been very Robert Woods dependent. It really has. Against the Cardinals, he had 14 receptions. This game, I think he had double-digit catches as well as a couple uh, carries for rushing yards. So, I, I, you know, a lot of people talk about Cooper Cup. You know, Tyler Higby, Higby has also been involved in his offense. But a lot of people are talking about Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Gerald Everett, but he's been hurt the past couple games. And the offensive line, which the offensive line has been performing well as of late. But, again, it's been very Robert Woods dependent. I think Robert Woods needs to be talked about more. I don't think he gets the appreciation that he deserves. And I think he's been by far the entire key to this Rams offense is him catching passes, moving the chains, him even getting carries on sweeps or, or jets, if you call them that, uh, or reverses. So he's really been Jared Goff's go-to guy. I'm not saying the other weapons that they have are trash. They're phenomenal. I'm just saying that Robert Woods really makes a huge difference. He's They've been very Robert Woods dependent. They beat the Seahawks 28-12. to The defense was phenomenal in that game. They really shut down Russell Wilson. <clears throat> but again, for the next Rams game that you see against the Cowboys, you're going to see Robert Woods again be heavily involved in the offense. Giants versus the Eagles. Wentz and Ertz for the win. Eagles are down 17-7. Came back, won in overtime 23-17. Based off Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. Yes, the running backs got involved too. 
other tight ends in that offense got involved. They certainly did not throw the ball down the field vertically, or I think once or twice over 25 yards, but it certainly they only did that twice. But again, the Giants defense did not adjust and did not stop Zach Ertz. So that is it for reviewing these games coming up. Uh, I'm about to break here real quick and then go into previewing the upcoming games. So be right back. Uh, right back with this episode. Time to preview these games coming up. Jets versus Ravens. How Sam Darnold performs. Again, they're playing tonight, Thursday night football. But it's basically how does Sam Darnold perform against that Ravens defense, despite how trash the Jets' offensive line is. If he performs well, despite having that terrible line, if he gets the ball out quick, or they have routes that can get off the Ravens' man coverage, or at least be able to get the ball out quick as quickly as possible just because of the Ravens defense known for their blitzing. They're one of the teams that lead in terms of blitz percentage in the league. So they blitz a lot. So it depends how Sam Donald performs in that defense uh, against the Ravens defense. Bears versus Packers, the run defense of the Packers. If the Bears, with the read option, does well against the Packers' run defense and controls the clock, Mitchell Trubisky will have a chance to perform well, but also it will force the Packers, if they don't establish the run of their own and be able to go on play action, it will force them to go pass heavy, which gives the Bears a chance to rely on their pass rush to get to Rodgers. I certainly don't think that Matt LaFour is going to go pass heavy in this game. I certainly think he's trying to avoid that as much as possible. But that Packers run defense needs to make adjustments. It needs to stop the Bears rushing attack. It needs to keep Mitch in the pocket. If he moves out of the pocket, he's, he's going to have a chance to not only run, but also throw on the run, which I think he's been excelling at that as of late. That's the key here. If the Packers run defense does well, the Bears offense will struggle. Patriots versus Bengals, consistent offensive performance. I'm not sure the Bengals are actually going to score against Patriots defense. I don't think their special team is going to do well against the Patriots special teams unit. But I think offensively for the Patriots is consistency. Tom Brady is, is in top 10 for passing yards right now. He's got Julian Edelman. He's got James White. But I think it's consistency. If they can find another receiver... They'll kill Henry, perhaps, Jacoby Myers. If they're consistent, and it shows against this Bengals defense, and they do well, which may provide confidence, I think they'll do just fine for the next upcoming games. But he's got to start with this game. He's got to find consistency. Seahawks versus Panthers. Christian McCaffrey versus Seahawks defense. I don't think the Panthers will win this game, but if they somehow win this game, it's going to be dependent on how Christian McCaffrey performs. They need to go to Christian McCaffrey. These past few games, even on their losing streak right now, they have not been dependent on Christian McCaffrey. They've been dependent on Kyle Allen and the receivers, which makes no sense. 
the reason why you were at five and three at one point was to play a Christian McCaffrey. And he's not getting as many carries as he was in the first eight games. And I blame that on North Turner. I blame that on Ryan Rivera for not demanding North Turner to give the ball to Chris McCaffrey. Maybe I'm not seeing things the way people are. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not seeing Chris McCaffrey as involved as he was in the first eight games. Texans versus Titans. How the Texans secondary performs. I think the Texans are going to go back offensively to quick throws and running the ball and quick play actions, but then to open up and help their identity be able to succeed, which is intermediate and deep throws. I think the Titans will adjust to that. The Titans have a phenomenal pass rush, and the Titans have a phenomenal ground game, and I do think Houston's run defense can adjust to it. It just depends on the secondary performance. If they allow play actions to be completed, which it happens, but I'm talking about play actions that go for over 50 yards. If they allow that to happen with go routes or post routes or deep crossing routes, then it's going to be a very difficult game for them. If the secondary holds up, I do think it will give Houston an advantage or at least a better opportunity to win. Because, again, that Tennessee offense is dependent on the ground attack, which is the difference between Mariota and Tannehill is the quarterback that makes the most of, the situ- of their situation or whatever the play is called. And Tannehill has made the most of the play actions that he's been getting. He's been making the most out of the passing plays that have been called. If Houston secondary does well or at least manages and does not – get beat on play actions and forces Tennessee to go and pass in pass situations, whether it be third and long or in a game where they are trying to catch up. I do think they'll give Ryan Tannehill not only some uncomfortability, but I don't think he'll excel in that situation. I don't think he'll excel in passing and throwing the ball 30 or 40 times. That's not Tennessee's identity. That's not what they want to do. So that, and I'm not worried about Houston's run defense. I'm worried about their secondary. So again, if the secondary holds up, I do think Houston would have a better opportunity to win this game. Dolphins versus Giants. Will Schremer get fired? It really is. Will he get fired after this game? If they win, will he still fire him? I just, there's, and both teams are, are out of the playoff picture. So I, I'm i not sure if there's actually something to even look forward to, even to spot out, other than Will Shermer get fired after this game. Eagles versus the Redskins. Vertical passing is key for both teams. Both teams were on the ground. Both teams were on the um well, one team is relying on their tight ends to carry, and the other team is relying on their running backs to catch the ball. And McLaurin, the receiver for the Redskins, he's been getting more consistent. But that vertical, if they can beat teams vertically, or the Redskins can beat the Eagles vertically, or the Eagles can somehow beat the Redskins vertically, or 
be dependent on the ground game to set up the play action and throw vertically. I think either team that can do that will win this game. Bengals versus, I'm sorry, not Bengals, Broncos versus Chiefs. Can the Chiefs run the ball? That Broncos pass rush is no joke. Their secondary is no joke. They're fantastic. So it depends if the Chiefs can run the ball and keep it balanced and be able to keep their offensive identity or at least <clears throat> provide an advantage to their offensive identity as much as possible, which is, again, throwing deep and throwing crossing routes. They'll win this game, but it's all dependent if they can get the Broncos defense to focus on the run. Uh, <clears throat> Buccaneers versus the Lions. Matt Patricia would be fired. Again, both teams are out of postseason contention. It it just depends if Matt Patricia will be fired after this game. He's 9-19-1 in his two years with the Lions, including this year. So we'll have to see. Browns versus Cardinals. Uh, Baker Mayfield's performance. I think that's key here. If he doesn't play a terrible game like the last game against the Bengals and does well, that will be the key to the Browns' victory. They could just be dependent on just running the ball. But I think Vance Joseph is really going to be keen on stopping the run. So it just depends on how Baker Mayfield performs. Jaguars versus Raiders. Um, <clears throat> I mean, if Raiders lose this game, they're done for postseason contention. I think the key for the Raiders is not being suspect to or not allowing the Jaguars pass rush to get there. If they can just stick to the runs with what they've been doing, I think eliminating the Jaguars pass rush is key here. Vikings versus Chargers. Run defense is key for both teams. Both teams have excellent running backs. It just depends which run defense performs well. If one run defense performs well, then the other. Or if both run defense performs well to force their teams in pass situations or force the opponents in pass situations, I do think the Vikings have an advantage there because the Vikings defense, in terms of their secondary, is much more it's much better than the Chargers secondary. But if one team Defends the run pretty well and forces them to pass. I think that gives said team the advantage to win here. Rams versus Cowboys. Um, man, um, I think defending Robert Woods, again, as I pointed out earlier, I think defending Robert Woods is the key here. If the Cowboys can defend Robert Woods, They'll still have a chance in this game. If they can't, then they're going to be so split on who to focus on that it could be Cooper Cup that has a big game. It could be Todd Gurley has a big game. But if they can't stop Robert Woods, then they have no chance, really. Because we understand the Cowboys can move the ball. They just don't want to move the ball in garbage time. And in their defense can focus on stopping Robert Woods, I think they'll have a chance. Falcons versus 49ers. George Kittle <clears throat> and Sanders. I think this is the key here. I'm not saying both of them are going to do bad or anything. 
I'm just saying, are we going to see more of a Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders dependency? Because they shouldn't be that dependent against a terrible Falcons defense. But if they are, then it's going to give teams... I mean, I know they're they're the focus here, but I think if it if the other targets that the Niners have don't do well, then it's going to be more emphasis on teams to guard Kittle and Sanders. Obviously, other weapons outside of Kittle and Sanders against the Saints performed well, but I think that's the focus here. Is are we going to see the Niners be so dependent on Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders? Bills versus Steelers. Duck Hodges versus Bills defense. I don't think it's going to perform well like 300 yards and four touchdowns, but rather can he not turn over the ball? If he manages the ball or manages the clock and is dependent on the Steelers running attack and can convert the chains, I think the Steelers will win this game. If there's turnovers or the Bills defense forces passing situations, and gets Duck Hodges uncomfortable, I think then the Bills will win. Because the Bills have a better offense compared to Steelers' offense. But the Steelers' defense is phenomenal. So we'll have to see. And last but not least, Colts versus Saints, stopping Michael Thomas. If you stop Michael Thomas, which is nearly damn impossible, but at least stop him or slow him down, the Colts will have a chance here. But... I mean, if they can't slow him down or cut his numbers, uh, they're not going to win or not have a chance. That's it for today's episode. <clears throat> and my one take coming out on Friday is going to be the Titans offensive resurgence under Ryan Tannehill and why it's been working. Uh, stay tuned to that for Friday. But nevertheless, thank you all so much for listening. And thank you all so much again uh, for listening up the year as we get closer and closer to the postseason. Nevertheless, thank you all again and have a kick-ass day.